0: This is the Saturday to Sunday football podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday football podcast. I am Paul Pertichiesi, and thank you for joining me as always. College football is upon us. Week zero or week one, whatever you want to call it, is here. And here at Saturday to Sunday We are going through our 2023 positional preview shows. If you missed the previous two episodes, please go back and check them out. The first one I did with Jeff Abercrombie, we went through, it was about 20 running backs in great detail, strengths, weaknesses, developmental areas. I shared my rankings. We talked about guys, who we think are going to be early round picks, some sleepers, some guys who can rise. And the most recent episode, I went through and broke down 16 quarterbacks in great detail, shared my rankings, shared guys who I think could rise up, went through my film analysis on those 16 quarterback prospects. We are going to continue with our positional preview shows. Tonight, we're going to do tight end and then next up will be the wide receivers. Next week, have a special guest plan to kind of really set the stage for the real opening weekend of college football when we really get a lot of those massive games, whether you want to call it week two, whether you want to call it week one, that Labor Day weekend we know is the real kickoff of college football. We know some starts, some games start out the week before, but that big Opening weekend with a lot of the big games and big-time matchups is that Labor Day weekend. Excited to have a guest on next week to also kind of set the stage for this college football season. Similar to what I have done the previous two episodes as we previewed the quarterbacks and running backs, I will screen share my scouting reports that are a part of the Saturday to Sunday Premium Notebooks the new set of 2023 notebooks will launch next week as well in preparation for the college football season. There'll be a podcast kind of going through talking about what is in the notebooks, sharing details on that. But here, if you are somebody who is watching this positional preview show on YouTube you will see some of those initial scouting reports, keyword being initial. They will be edited, updated, and dramatically altered and modified over the course of this college football season and in the pre-draft process. So we, this is really just the beginning of the process here in terms of this evaluation. So it's going to be kind of fun to kind of see how these guys evolve. And you know where it takes them on their draft process. So let's get right into it for tonight and go to the tight ends. I'm going to similar to last time, uh, going to talk about these prospects, strengths, functional areas, developmental areas, uh, NFL role, NFL draft projection. So let's start first off. Before we even get into the first prospect, which is going to be Eric all from Michigan, this tight end class is really intriguing. To me, there is more top-end talent, and I also think there's more intriguing talent. I thought last year's class was a little bit underwhelming. I know some people love Trey McBride. I like Dulcich. You know, Isaiah likely is making a name for himself in preseason, kind of put into rest that his pre-draft process, which really saw him fall from like a top two, top three tight end in this class, you know, maybe he just had a bad, you know, bad combine, bad pre-draft process, but he's shown that athleticism that made him a big time player on film. And I, I think scared people off when he, when he tested so poorly, I think this class is much more intriguing than last year's class. I think we could have possibly two guys going around one, uh, I think the talent level of these guys. You know, I've I've gone on record, and we'll get to him tonight. But you know, I look at this class, and I there's one guy in particular that his skill set, if he hits, you know, could could you know invoke some people thinking Kyle Pitts, you know, and and maybe not at that level, but I, I do think his ceiling, if he hit it, could be that. Uh, and we'll get to that player tonight, and then also another guy who I think is somewhere. On the Pat Fryer move to TJ Hawkinson level, and maybe even better than TJ Hawkinson in terms of a prospect, you know. So, so I think there's some top end talent in this class, and kind of a excited to talk about it here tonight. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start uh, first with Eric All out of Michigan. He's a senior. He's six foot four, 251 pounds. Last year, he caught 36 passes for 437 yards and two touchdowns. When I watch All play, to me, he's got good size, uh, average frame, good overall athleticism, quickness, and movement skills with the ability to attack the seam and pick up uh, yards after contact. He's got above average to good body control, ball skills. He's got the length to win at the catch point. He's versatile to play in line, detached, or as an H-back. So Eric All is a guy who I don't think is garnering a lot of attention, but I, I'm intrigued with him. I think he's a guy that really, you know, we could see this year definitely uh, emerge a little bit in terms of what people see for him. To me, he's a depth tight end, uh, but I think he's got the upside to develop into a, a tight end two or even a starting tight end down the future. I think he's more of a Day Perri type player right now, uh, you know. But if he has a strong year, I could even see him kicking into the latter part of round three, but I think right now he's more of a day three guy, but I could see the NFL being intrigued with him for sure. Some things that i like to see him work on is route refinement, refine his blocking techniques a little bit. He's not a burner. He's not a speedster. I think his speed is probably about average, uh, but I think his movement skills and quickness make him appear a little bit, uh, a little bit faster than maybe he is. Uh, So I'm interested to kind of see all this year and how he progresses and develops Um, you know, and can he be a guy that kind of rises up these tight end rankings into that day two mix where right now I see him a little bit more of a day three type guy. Next up is Jaheim Bell out of South Carolina. He is a junior. He is six foot three. He is 230 pounds. Last year, he had 31 receptions for 497 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, What I really like about Bell's game is, while he's a little bit undersized, obviously, at 6'3", 230, he's got good to very good athleticism. He's got movement skills. He's got speed. He's got separation quickness. To me, he's a versatile offensive weapon with the ability to really produce yards after contact. Great rack ability, great yak ability. He's got good hands. He's got above-average body control, ball skills, and route running. In terms of some things, his frame is obviously a little bit concerning for a tight end. He's not going to be able to do much in terms of blocking or holding the point of attack. Uh, I think play strength in terms of winning at the catch point, winning contested catches. Uh, he might be hindered there. He doesn't have great length or catch radius. Uh, but I do think he's an offensive weapon who could do a lot of different things. When I watched him play, he reminds me a lot of last year coming out of Maryland with Chick Conquo. I think Jaheim Bell could be a better version of Okonkwo, who I was intrigued by. So I think Bell is a guy that, another one of those guys, he could be a complimentary pass-catching tight end or use it as an offensive weapon. You can run jet sweeps to him. You can do push passes to him. So there's a lot of different things you can do uh, with him. I think he's also on that round three, round four mix, uh, depending on a role that, someone envisions if they think he could really be an integral part of their offense as this movable chess piece. I think he can go somewhere late day two. I think his profile as being a guy who's not going to be able to block, not going to be able to play in line means he's probably going to be more of a day three guy, similar to a Conquo. I can see him going somewhere in round four. If we keep this moving uh, next up is Jalil Billingsley, formerly of Alabama, now of Texas, He is a senior. He's six foot four. His listed weight is only 213 pounds, which that jumps off at the page at you. That's got to change. And it's got to change dramatically by minimum 20 pounds, 20 to 25 pounds. That's got to change by, by the time the pre-draft process rolls around. Uh, last year, he kind of fell into Nick Saban's doghouse. You know, he, he he played sparingly, 17 catches, 256 yards, and three touchdowns. When he was utilized, when he was given an opportunity, we started a playmaking ability that Billingsley possesses. Uh, I've been a big fan for him from a couple, of year, from a couple of years now, and if he puts it all together, I, I think the sky is, is really the limit for him in terms of his upside, his potential. Yeah, he's only got average size. Obviously, I talked about the frame is something of, of major concern that he needs to add to. But if you take that away from it right now and just you know look at him as like a mismatch tight end who's going to be more used exclusively in the pass, catch, and roll. He's got very good to great athleticism. He's got movement skills. He's got quickness. He's got yak ability. He's got speed. He can attack the seam. He shows good hands. He's got length. He's got the ability to high point and adjust for the football. He's versatile in the lineup in the slot. He could be a move tight end, or even put him outside as a wide receiver. I think Billingsley this year is going to be very motivated. New environment there in Texas, whatever kind of dropped him out of favor with Alabama, he's going to get a fresh start here. You know, I, I'm intrigued by Billingsley. I think he's a little bit low on rankings that I that I've kind of glanced at since I did mine. But if you just kind of take all the other stuff out of it and just look at the traits. To me, he is a extremely athletic pass catching tight end. Obviously, that frame needs to start right there. That's got to get to you know we just talked about Gene Bell. He was at two you know two thirty. That's minimum. He's got to be two thirty to even have a shot here, and preferably two thirty five. So he's got a lot in terms of adding weight, adding muscle to that frame. But to me, he's got the upside to be a complementary to starting tight end exclusively in a pass, catch, and roll at the next level. So we'll see if he can develop and get stronger, fill out his body, add weight, add muscle to that. But if he does and he can sit at a doghouse, I think he could have a really strong statistical year and see his stock dramatically climb uh, in terms of some people's eyes. I still am a big fan of Billingsley's talent, and I'm excited to kind of see what happens Uh, With him this year. I think on his natural upside talents, he's a, he's around round three, round four guy. Uh, And if he really can, can thicken up that frame to be in the mid 230s and everything else, he keeps his head on straight. You know, I think he's got day two type talent for sure. Uh, If he can't add to the frame, if he has any more issues or goes into the doghouse, then you see a guy that, that really can, uh, you know, nosedive you know, into the latter part of, of day three or even out of the draft completely. Uh, but I am intrigued by the upside. In addition to that frame, I'd like to see him, uh, you know, improve that he can at least be a functional, uh, functional in-space blocker. Uh, got to add some more power and play strength. He's got to expand his route tree, refine his route running a little bit, and just be overall more consistent. Next up. I mentioned before that I had a guy who I thought if everything came together could be looked at, at the, by the NFL circles as a Kyle Pitts-like talent. That name and that player is a Rick Gilbert. We didn't see him last year. Transferred to Georgia and then whatever – did not see him. So last we've seen of him was at LSU, you know, in his freshman year, he had 35 catches 368 yards and two touchdowns. And everyone was talking about he was going to be the next Kyle Pitts. He was going to be the next star studded tight end. He's six foot five. He's 250 pounds. He checks off great size and frame. Very good to great athleticism, speed, movement skills, ability to attack the seam and get vertical. Very good body control, ball skills, length, good hands, He's got play strength. He's got the ability to high point the football, win contested catches. You know, to me, the athleticism, the pass catching skill set is comparable to, to Kyle Pitts. And if he can really stay on the football field, I think he could have a monster statistical season this year for Georgia. He's got to, you know, obviously whatever the character work at the questions that, that have kind of lingered for him. He's got to, that's got to, you know, he's got to get that in the rearview mirror. Uh, whatever the reason why he missed the 2021 season. I mean, those are things that, you know, we're just not privy to, but if if those aren't questions in the pre-draft process and he shows some refinement in terms of his blocking technique and, and expanding and maybe refining his route running, you know, this is a guy who's got the talent to be tight end one in this class. I think on pure traits alone, Ari Gilbert's best is better than right now, the, you know, Michael Mayer, who is most people's tight end one, I think Gilbert, if everything checks off, could be the tight end one in this class. I think that's how special of his skill set is. I think similar to Kyle Pitts being a unicorn, I think Ari Gilbert is not that far off. Uh, so he's the guy who intrigues me the most in this entire tight end class. <laughs> he intrigues me the most. I think he's got the most to gain this year. You know, if he doesn't even have a good year, does he even declare, you know, is he a day two talent, you know, does he fall further? But to me on on talent alone, he's a round one guy and I am not all about round one tight ends. I was screaming from last year. Nobody even should have went in round one or round two. So the fact that I'm saying that Rick Gilbert deserves on his natural talent to be in round one, you know, speaks volumes of how much I, I think of his overall game. Uh, it's going to be really intriguing to kind of see how he puts it together this year. He can play detached. He can be the F tight end in motion. He can, he can play inline as the Y tight end because He's got the size. Uh, he can be an outside receiver, which there was talk that he was going to transition to wide receiver, but now it looks like he's back at the tight end position. Uh, so much to like about Gilbert's game on the football field. I hope that's where all the conversation stays this year. Because if so, I think we're talking about around one talent and arguably uh, the top tight end in this draft class. Up next is Dio Johnson from Penn State. He's a junior. He's six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. Uh, last year he had nineteen receptions, two hundred and thirteen yards, and a touchdown. Uh, great size and frame, very good athleticism. He's got m- and movement skills. He's got speed for a guy that size and frame. He's got explosiveness off the line of scrimmage and bursts for that. He's got very good catch radius, length, and ball skills with the ability to high point the football. He's got good hands. He's got functional play strength and power right now. Uh, I'd like to see him clean up his blocking techniques a little bit, refine his route running, expand his route running, show better understanding of route concepts, and just have overall a, a more productive final season, if it is his final season in college, before he declares for the NFL. I think he's a depth tight end, but I think he's got the upside develop into a tight end too, or even a starting tight end in the future. I think he profiles best as a wide tight end, lining up in line. Uh, I think right now he's a day three prospect. Could he be a guy that, that kind of borders that round three, round four? Yeah, but I think right now he's more of a round four, round five guy. Most likely could develop into a tight end too, but I, I do think he's still got an intriguing blend of size, frame, athleticism, and movement skills that maybe down the line he could even materialize into a starting tight end uh, for a team. So Theo Johnson, a lot to prove this year, uh, but intrigued by the, the traits. Can he put it all together and see his stock rise a little bit this year is what I'm going to be looking for. Next up, out of Utah, the senior, Dalton Kincaid. He's six foot four. he's 241 pounds. Last year he had 36 receptions for 510 yards and found the end zone eight times. Uh, he's only got average size, slightly undersized frame, but he's got above average to good athleticism, movement skills, separation, quickness, route running, and releases off the line of scrimmage. He's got good body control, shows good hands. He's got ball skills. He's got the ability to adjust and high point passes. So Kincaid, I think, is a depth to complementary pass catching tight end, but I do think he has some upside. Uh, if people like the guy like Kyle Granson, I think, you know, Dalton Kincaid it kind of falls in that world, right? Years ago, was Dalton Keene right out of Virginia Tech. I, th- I think Dalton Kincaid kind of fits that profile, and so does his teammate that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. But they both kind of profile as that type of player. It's a little bit of, on the older side for for a prospect. Uh, you'd like to see the frame be a little bit better than two forty, especially if he's going to be asked to do any blocking at the next level. You know, not going to be a guy who probably can do much in terms of holding the point of attack or blocking. You know, that's it's not his forte. Uh, he gives good effort and he's tough, and he's got good play strength, but in terms of blocking, I just don't see it. Uh, but Kincaid is a guy who I think you can you can play detached. You can be that motion F tight end. He can be an H-back role, a variety of things you can do with Kincaid. I think he's definitely a day-three type talent, somewhere in that round four, round five mix right now as we head into this upcoming college football season. Next up, Tucker Craft. Not, might not be a name that you're familiar with, but you should get yourself familiar with him quickly and be prepared for him to kind of springboard pretty high in the tight end ranks by the time next NFL draft rolls around. Think Dallas Goddard. That's who he reminds me of a little bit at a South Dakota state, the junior six foot four, 251 pounds. He's got good size and frame above average to good athleticism, movement skills, and speed. He's got good footwork and yak ability in the open field. He's got above average to good length, ball skills, hands, and body control. He's a tight end too with upside develop into a starting tight end sooner rather than later. There's a lot to like about his game. Obviously, the level of competition at South Dakota State is always something we're going to be concerned about. Uh, In some developmental areas, he's got to improve his pass block sets. He's got to show some refinement in his route running. He's got to show an expansion of his route tree, but he gives good effort in terms of blocking. He's willing to block. He's a better run blocker than pass blocker. He shows functional separation quickness and play strength and power. Uh I think he can be detached. I think he can be the F motion tight end. He can play in line, so he's got a lot of versatility uh you know to be to be a weapon at the next level. I am really intrigued with Tucker Kraft. I think if the top kind of stays true to to Mayer and Gilbert, I think tight end for is up for grabs. And I think Tucker Kraft is a guy who can very much be in the mix uh, and might be the third most talented tight end in this upcoming draft class. Next up, Zach Hunt out of Old Dominion. He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He's the junior. Red shirt, soft, uh, he's a redshirt junior, he's six foot eight, 250 pounds. He had 73 receptions, 692 yards, and five touchdowns last year. He's got rare size for a tight end at six foot eight. Because 250 looks like a solid size, but because he's six foot eight, I think he needs to add a little bit to his frame. He's got great athleticism, total athleticism. He's got movement skills quickness and speed for a guy that size and frame he's got great length and catch radius with the ability to high point the football he's got above average to good ball skills with the ability to attack the seam and be a red zone weapon obviously level of competition is something that of concern coming from old dominion uh he needs to add to that frame which we talked about he's got to show more power and play strength with the ability to hold the point of attack He's got to improve his blocking techniques. Uh, But there's a lot to like about his game. The size, really intriguing. The athleticism, really intriguing. To me, similar to what I said tonight, a couple guys. He's a depth tight end, day three but he's got to be he's got the upside to be a tight end too or even down the line of starting tight end due to his size, athleticism and pass catching ability. Really intrigued by the old Dominion tight end. Uh kind of excited to kind of see, I think he'll have another really strong year, but that pre-draft process is going to be really intriguing for guys like Hunts, guys like uh Tucker Kraft. So Kraft and Hunts are two guys you're not seeing on many rankings. <laughs> you got to get familiar with them. A guy we have seen for a couple of years now uh, is Sam Laporta out of Iowa. He's a senior. He's six foot four. He's 250 pounds. Uh, he's got average size, good frame, above average to good overall athleticism and movement skills. He's got good play strength, contact balance, toughness, and physicality. He uses He creates space at the catch point. And after the catch in terms of his yak ability, he's got good ball skills and body control. He shows the ability to adjust. He's got average to above average route running and separation quickness. Laporta is a guy who has been on our radar here at Saturday Sunday for a couple of years. I think he's got the upside to be a starting tight end. I think he can be the inline wide tight end or be detached. I think he's got day two type talent. I'd expect him to kind of come off the board. You know, last year we saw Dulcich in round three. We saw Jelani Woods in round three, right? You know, I think we look at a guy like Sam Laporta, and I think he belongs in that mix to be a day two type guy, uh, intrigued by his talent. He's got to clean up some drop issues. He's got to refine his route running a little bit, expand his route tree. He doesn't have the best length, but, you know, improve his blocking techniques a little bit. But there's a lot to like about his game. I'm excited to kind of see Laporta this year. Uh, you know, to continue to kind of cement himself as a top five tight end in this class and probably a day two pick in the NFL draft next year for 2020. Next up, Cameron Latou out of Alabama. He's a senior. He's six foot four, 237 pounds. Last year, he had 26 receptions, 410 yards, and eight touchdowns. He's got, to me, he's average to above average size. He's got to add to his frame, get that closer to 250 and 237. Uh, he's got good overall athleticism, movement skills, and short area quickness. I think his speed is probably average as well as his route running, but I think he's got good body control with the ability to high point and adjust to the football and use his body to win contested catches. Some areas I'm looking for some development this year and growth. His releases off the line of scrimmage. I'd like to see a little bit more refinement in terms of his blocking, uh, a little bit more refinement in terms of his route running, show a little bit more of an expanded route tree, and show the ability to attack the seam. Uh, but we saw plays from Latou last year, uh, you know, that that have me intrigued with his overall skill set. And, and I think he's a guy that, you know, could climb some ranks a little bit as this college football season goes on because I really do think uh, he's an intriguing talent. We obviously know he's got the Alabama uh, helmet on, so that's going to increase. I think he's a tight end too, but I do think he's got the upside to become a starting tight end. Uh to me, he is an inline wide tight end if he continues to add his add weight to his frame and get up to like that 250. Uh, or you can line him up as a detached tight end. I don't think he's really a guy that profiles as like the ideal m- motion or movement tight end. I think he's more detached or an inline guy if he could add weight to that frame. I kind of put him where I put a bunch of guys so far tonight <coughs> in that round three, round four mix. Because I do think uh, he's got an intriguing skill set uh, to really materialize and have a even better year to kind of set the stage for him to improve his draft stock, uh, you know, throughout this you know upcoming college football season. Next up is Will Mallory out of Miami. He's a senior, red shirt, six foot five, two hundred forty eight pounds. 30 receptions, 347 yards, and four touchdowns. To me, he's, he's a depth tight end for me. Maybe he's got some upside develop into a tight end too. But even at his size and frame, I think it's mostly as a complementary pass-catching tight end. I think he's got good size, average frame, average to above-average athleticism, <coughs> movement skills, and speed. He's got the ability to attack the seam, good body control, catch radius, and ball skills, with the ability to adjust and high point the football. Smares, I want to see him clean up. He's had some drop issues. Uh, I think he's got to play with a little bit more play strength and power, uh, show that he can be functional in terms of his blocking techniques and holding the point of attack. Um, uh, so we'll kind of see Mallory is a guy you know some people are higher on than me. I think he profiles best, you know, that you line him up detached, he could be an H-back or, you know, motion F tight end. I think he's got to be a complementary pass-catching tight end at the next level, a depth piece. Uh, for sure. I kind of think he's more of like a late day bree type guy at the next level. Next up, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame. Junior, six foot five, two hundred and fifty one pounds. Last year he caught seventy one passes for eight hundred and forty yards and seven touchdowns. I mentioned before that I thought Gilbert could kind of, if he hits everything and everything checks out, could be a Kyle Pitts like talent. Well, I think Michael Mayer is the most complete and balanced tight end in this class by far. To me, he reminds me of like Pat, part Pat Fryermuth and part TJ Hawkinson. We know Fryermuth fell to the second round, Hawkinson went in the top 10. I, I think Michael Mayer is much more of a guy who we're going to see going like the top 20, top 25 than fall to where Pat Fryermuth did a couple years ago. He's got very good size and frame, above average overall athleticism and movement skills. He's got, I'd probably classify his long speed as average, but he's got very good to great play strength, toughness, and physicality. He used it in his routes and at the catch point. He's got good route running with great body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to adjust and high point the football. The only area that I that I kind of thought, I was looking for some development maybe during this year, is maybe clean up and refine his blocking techniques a little bit. I really think he's a good, a, a functional blocker. Uh, but I, but I do think there is some technique stuff that that if he cleans up that he could become a really good blocker. Uh, he's not an explosive player, but he's not a slow player, you know. So, like I think his athleticism overall is above average to good. Uh, same thing with his movement skills, I think his straight long speed is probably just about average. Uh, but I think he's quick enough. I think he's smooth enough, and you combine that with his route running and his ball skills and his body control, and, and I think you see a guy who. Uh, really is the complete package. Like I said, part TJ Hawkinson, part Pat Fryer. He steps, you know, immediately into a starting tight end role at the next level. Next up, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, another guy that was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He's a redshirt junior. He's six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds. He didn't do a lot last year. He had twenty two catches for four yards and one touchdown. Uh, I think he's a depth tight end with the upside to be a tight end too, or starting tight end in the future due to his natural athleticism and traits. I think he's best as an inline wide tight end, great size, average frame. I think, you know, good athleticism, speed, movement skills, and agility. Very good. The great catch radius and length with the ability to high point the football he shows good toughness and physicality. You see it in his routes. You see it at the catch point and you see it when blocking. I thought he had good hands. I'd like to see more refinement to his route running, expand his overall route tree, uh, you know, show, a, you know, a little bit better in those regards and just overall production. You know, I'd like to see more production this year to get a, a better feel on his upside as a pass catcher. So Musgrave is an interesting guy, especially when he finds his way onto Bruce Feldman's freak list He's a guy that's going to intrigue people. Uh, you know, we're going to be following him closely to kind of see if he can elevate that stock at all. Next up. Luke Schoonmaker, the other Michigan tight end. He's a senior. He's six foot five, 248 pounds. Uh, very good size. I'd say the frame's about average, above average to good athleticism and movement skills. He's got good play strength and toughness. He's got the ability to hold the point of attack, good to very good blocking skills. He's going to he's gonna get drafted, you know, based on his blocking skills at the next level and the fact that he's also got above average athleticism, uh, not a lot of pre- receiving production. So obviously you'd like to see a little bit more there, but with Eric all there, not sure where you are. You'd like to see him become a little bit better of a route runner, expand his route tree a little bit, but I'm just not sure he's going to have the opportunity to do that. To me, he's a depth tight end, but he's got the upside to be a tight end too due to his blocking ability. Passes an inline wide tight end. Next up, Austin Stogner out of now of South Carolina, formerly of Oklahoma. He's a senior. He's six foot six, two hundred and fifty-one pounds. He goes from Oklahoma to South Carolina, similar to Spencer Rattler. So they'll have that natural connection already from their time in Oklahoma. He only caught 14 passes last year. I was expecting a much bigger year from him. He did have three touchdowns, added us 14 receptions for 166 yards. Uh, Very good size, good frame, above average to good athleticism and movement skills. He's got good body control and catch radius with the ability to high point and adjust. Average route running and separation quickness. He's had some drop issues he's got to clean up. He's had some injury issues that you got to hope that he put in the pass and just limited production. But the connection that he has with Rattler, I think, is going to be something to really watch this year. Uh, Is it a guy that Rattler looks to because he has that, you know, that natural understanding of him and that relationship already? I think that could lead to Stagner putting together his most productive statistical output. And if that's the case, and then you add in, you know, the athleticism and movement skills capabilities and the body control and ball skills. And I think it's an interesting player that we can kind of see uh, where he falls. To me, he's adept to a complimentary pass catching tight end. With the size to play inline or could be used as an H back in some offenses. Detached, like I said, motion inline, H back, a variety of roles. I think he's a late date for repick, unless he has a really strong statistical year, and then maybe you could see him uh develop, you know, in into you know a little bit higher of a draft pick. Next up, Darnell Washington out of Georgia. He's a junior, he's six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. Now, obviously right off the bat production is an issue, you know, only 10 receptions last year, 154 yards and one touchdown. You know, we need to see more of his route running. We need to see a, a larger route tree, but you know, he's playing there with a Gilbert, you know, he's playing there, you know, he's the theoretically, he's the third tight end, right? Cause when you really stop and think about it, Brock Bowers, Ari Gilbert and Darnell Washington are three of my top tight ends in all of college football. They are all, you know, on the same team. So I'm not really sure what type of opportunity, but if you just base him on his natural traits, this is a guy who's got a great size and frame. He's got good to very good overall athleticism and movement skills at that, at his size. He's got great length and catch radius. He shows, he has shown the ability to go up and high point the football. He's got great play strength, power, and toughness. You see that physicality at the catch point, and in his blocking, he's got good to very good blocking skills. His blocking skills immediately has him on the radar as a day per guy, but if he can show in the limited opportunity that he could also be a good pass catcher, especially with that natural athleticism, we're talking about a guy who could be a tight end too due to his blocking ability with the upside to become a starting complete tight end based on his receiving upside that he has. He's a true traditional inline wide tight end. Uh, I think because of you add his blocking and you add his athleticism, I think he's very much on that round three, round four mix. I know I've talked about a couple guys on that round three, round four mix with very different profiles, right? A guy like Jaheim Bell, a guy like Eric all. And then I compared like, you know, Darnell Washington, they all are very different players. All guys that I could kind of see with that round three, round four, you know, current draft grade and kind of see how, you know, it, it, finishes out this year or how the year plays itself out in the pre-draft process to kind of dictate, does it go late day two, does it go to day three, you know, for Washington, I think we know he's going to be a really strong blocker. You know, if he only catches 10 passes again this year, I think NFL teams are going to be leery of that, but at the same time he's the third best pass catcher on the team. It might just be opportunity is limiting him and not his actual talent and upside. So for him, you know, get into, you know, he's only a junior, so you know, we'll see. You know, but if he had an opportunity to play in any type of all-star game, he might have to wait to his pro day. But, you know, showing out there pass catching-wise, I think would go a long way to maybe helping his draft stock to be a guy who could go off the board uh in round three. Next up, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. He's a senior, he's six foot seven. 244 pounds. Last year, he had six touchdowns, 26 catches for 332 yards. Great size. He's got to add a little bit to that frame. Good athleticism, movement skills, acceleration, long speed, separation, quickness, and route running. So he's got a lot of traits that we like to see in terms of the speed, the athleticism, the route running, the separation quickness. He's got good body control. He has shown the ability to high point and adjust to a football. He's got very good length and Catch radius with good hands. I'd like to see him obviously show he could be a functional blocker, at least in space. Uh, he's got to improve his play strength his power a little bit. Show he can at least hold the point of attack a little bit. Like I said, more of a in-space blocker than the guy who's going to line up in line. To me, he's a depth tight end with the upside to be a complementary pass-catching tight end too. You can line him up as a big slot, put him in motion as the F tight end, or have him detached. Next up. Benjamin Urosak out of Stanford. He's the junior. He's six foot five, 235 pounds, intriguing player who caught 42 catches for 653 yards and three touchdowns. To me, he's adept to complementary pass catching tight end with the upside develop into a starter down the line. He's got good size. He's got to add to that frame 15 pounds, ideally 10 minimum, ideally 15. He's got average athleticism, movement skills, and separation quickness but he's got above average to good route running. He's got good body control and hands with the ball skills and ability to adjust and high point to the football. Uh, I think he's lacking in terms of his long speed, his agility. Uh, I even think his play strength, power, you know, all are areas that need improvement, you know? So this is a guy that while he was productive last year, I think there's a lot of things that we need to see development and growth before I kind of look at him as like a top five or top six tight end in this class. He he could play in line, I think, as a wide tight end, but he's got to add that 10 to ideally 15 pounds. You can line him up detached. I think he's another guy who's probably on that round three, round four mix. I'd put him more as a day three type talent because there's things I want to see him improve upon. But I think you know he could intrigue teams enough that he at least can be on that border of round three, round four. For me, he'd be more of a, a day three guy uh, than a day two guy. But you know, four two catches, 653 yards for a college tight end is nothing to sneeze about. So he warrants our attention. Uh, But in terms of his trait-based analysis, I think there's some areas definitely uh, that I'd like to see him improve upon, uh, refine a little bit. So we'll kind of see if he can take that next step this year. So there it is, guys, my look at the tight end position. I definitely am intrigued with this tight end class. Uh, If we kind of go through – My current rankings, you know, for the tight end position right now, I know it's a little controversial. It's more of a one, a one B, but right now I have a re Gilbert at the top. I have Michael Mayer second. Again, Mayer is the safer. He's the more balanced. He's the more complete tight end. But if we're just basing it on taking the, any character concerns to the side and just look at natural physical traits Gilbert is superior to Mayer. I understand Mayer probably going higher than him if there's any concerns for Gilbert. But Gilbert has the ability to make people think of Kyle Pitts. Michael Mayer has the ability to make people think of TJ Hawkinson. I think Gilbert a little bit more of a special talent if he hits it than Mayer. So that's why I have him slightly, slightly ahead, whether you want to call it 1-2, whether you want to call it 1-A, one B uh, Gilbert and a tier of their own round one guys. I think tight ends in round one have to be very special. I think these guys have the capabilities to be last year. I didn't think there should be any tight ends to go until round three this year. Right now, I think Gilbert and May are guys that could easily uh, could and should go round one if, if everything checks out uh, third in my tight end rankings is Tucker Kraft at of South Dakota state. I said it before. He reminds me a lot of Dallas Goddard. Really intrigued with his skill set. I think he could be a guy who could be on that round two, round three border. <coughs> I have Sam Laporta out of Iowa. I think he's a round three type talent. Uh, plug him right in to be a starter, and then after that, I kind of have that from four, uh, from five till I'll say about eleven are all guys that I think right now are kind of on that three, four cusp. And it starts with Jaheim Bell out of South Carolina. He's number five. I said, he reminds me a lot of Chica Conquo, uh, Jill Hill Billingsley out of Texas is number six for me. Cameron Latu out of Alabama is seven. Darnell Washington is eight out of Georgia. Benjamin Eurosek is nine out of Stanford. Eric All out of Michigan is 10. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah is 11. Those guys really, I think, can be shuffled in a lot of ways in terms of what you're looking for. That kind of takes me through 11. I round out my, you know, I'll say the top 15 uh, with Dalton Kincaid. I'm sorry, Dalton Kincaid was 11. Theo Johnson was 12 out of Penn State. Uh, Zach Kunz was 13 out of Old Dominion. Luke Musgrave was uh, out of Oregon State was 14. Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati was 15. And then we're talking about guys who I kind of had last year. I talked about I skimped right, uh, Brand Keith before out of Utah. Another guy who I think is very much uh, an athletic pass catching tight end, very similar to like Kyle Grantson a couple years ago. I think Kincaid has kind of leapfrogged him in terms of uh, draftable, you know, prospect in terms of a higher draft position. But I think Keith could be a late a for three guy, but not much has changed in his profile, so I didn't go through it again. Uh, and then Will Mallory at 17, Austin Stogner at 18, and Luke Shoemaker at 19. Guys who I think could really rise up. I think Billingsley, if he could add that 20 pounds of, of weight and stays on the field, could have a really good year. I could see him jumping all the way into you know the tight end 3-4 mix right there with Tucker Craft and Sam Laporta. And most people don't even have him at six like i do right now but i think he can leapfrog guys like jaheem bell i think he can leapfrog for other people guys like eurosac and stuff like that i also think cameron latou could see himself rise up go ahead be the fifth tight end in this class potentially maybe even push them laporta to be tight end four uh but i think latou can get into the top five mix uh he he intrigues me a lot, so I think Billingsley and Latour are the guys I could see moving up. I could also see that Zach Hunt out of Old Dominion maybe going in. You know, uh, the latter part of day two. I think I have him right now graded as my 13th best tight end, but I could easily see him jumping into you know that six to seven range, eight range, and being a late uh, you know round three or early round four type guy, depending on how many tight ends come off the board. Obviously, we know. Only like four or five will probably come off the board in the first three rounds. So some good tight ends will fall to round four. Not all that different than what happened this year, right? We saw Daniel Bellinger fall to round four. We saw uh, Isaiah Likely fall to round four. Charlie Kolar fell to round four. Kate Oden fell to round four. So round four could be guys like Cameron Latou, Jalil Billingsley, Darnell Washington, Benjamin Yurasek, Eric Hall. All these guys can go in round four. Jaheem Bell, like any of these guys could go. If it's only three or four guys, I think we know two guys are locked at Gilbert and Mayer, and then we'll see about Tucker Craft and Laporta. I think those are day two type talents. But then you're going to have a very interesting early part of day three, similar to this past year, where you're going to have a lot of guys uh, I'm intrigued by the athletic guys who are on Bruce Feldman's freak list. The Zach that out of all dominion, who I mentioned Luke Musgrave out of Oregon state, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, all three of those guys could jump up this year, uh, you know, and be more and maybe push some of these other guys down a little bit. I'm intrigued with all three of those guys' skill sets. So there it is, guys, the quick snapshot preview of the 2023 tight end class. Hopefully, you're enjoying these positional preview shows. Please uh, get back and, and look over the running back and quarterback shows. It, we have everything timestamped. So if you want to find specific players or re, or go back and listen over to specific players, you can quickly find the ta- timestamps to find anybody you want to find. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.